This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Scott Perry from Alt-MBA 6. So Scott, you are very active in the Alt-MBA community. So I feel like I know a lot about you. Um, I want to start with your career in music. When did you first discover that you had a passion for music? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I actually had a series of false starts before I had a start as a musician. My love of music began with my parents' very limited record collection, which included a Bob Dylan record, some Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I think there was some Peter, Paul, and Mary in the mix. Um, maybe even a little John Denver and then some even more pathetic stuff. Uh, but I just, I, I really loved just putting records on the turntable and, and listening to them. And I remember vividly, we lived outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and we would go to Cambridge or whatnot. And there would be street performers playing guys, you know, guys and gals playing their guitars on the streets with their cases open. Um, my dad was uh, a fairly um, uh, frugal person. And so um, I would just harangue him until he gave me a dollar to put into the case. Uh, and he often did that very um, reluctantly. Uh, and so it was just something that resonated with me at a very early age. My earliest memories are probably five, six, seven years old doing things like that. And when I was nine, I decided I wanted to take guitar lessons. And uh, my dad took me to the local music store. We bought a guitar. I got signed up with lessons. And my first teachers, my first three or four teachers were uh, just the awful variety guys that were uh, musicians, but not making it as musicians and therefore just teaching to turn a few bucks and not really invested in the teaching process. So I had a, a three or four teachers between age uh, nine and age 18 uh, that I just was never able to get very far. Um, one of my very earliest teachers, when my parents asked if I had any promise that I had absolutely none, that I would never make enough in music to make up for what they had paid for in lessons already. And so I kind of gave it up uh, as I entered high school, and I just really invested more in sports. I was a football player, a lacrosse player. It helped me get into college. But when I got to college, I found collegiate athletics just really not any fun at all. And um, I was asked to do a lot of things that really were not in alignment with the kind of person I was and with my values. And so I decided to walk away from college sports. And I didn't have anything to do with all that time that I was used to spending in the gym and on the field. So I took, I had was living with a bunch of guys in a dorm who were playing guitar, listening to Taj Mahal records and playing that kind of music. And I couldn't keep up. I didn't have enough uh, knowledge to, to play much of anything. So I took a Taj Mahal record and I took my guitar and I went to the music department and I literally knocked on doors of all the guitar instructors. And when they opened, I'd say, hey, can you teach me how to play this? And I'd point to this Taj Mahal album called Oh So Good and Blue. And the third door I knocked on was my first real teacher. And that was 
a fellow that I'm still in, in touch with named Carl Demo. And he said, yeah, I can teach you how to do that. And he did. And uh, that was, so my journey as a musician really didn't be- begin until I was 18 years old. Wow. That's an amazing story. It When you, when you look at that teacher and the ones that you had when you were nine years old that told you that you didn't have any promise as a musician, what was the, what was the biggest difference between the two? Well, I think Carl was a teacher first and a musician second. And he and all the other people that I tried and failed with were musicians first uh, and teachers sixth, seventh, or eighth. I mean, it was really not something that they were deeply committed to. And it really informed my journey as a teacher. I've been teaching guitar for 30 plus years now. Uh, and I've been teaching in this town that I live in for, for over 20 years, for almost 20 years now. And those early experiences really, I just, I'm a person that believes that you learn far more from adversity than you do from success. And so all of that adversity and my persistence through it helped me just help me commit when I decided to teach that I was going to be the best teacher that I could be. And that teacher would be listed first on my resume before musician. If you get an email from me, it says Scott Perry, husband, father, teacher, musician. And that's literally my priority order of how I approach my life. Uh, So, you know, Carl certainly inspired me uh, as, as a role model and as a, you know, as a teacher and just as a human being. Um, but I probably learned far more from all those awful experiences with those awful teachers. And I became probably a much better guitar player for having gone through all that. Yeah. One thing that I think is really interesting about this journey is, is how you describe yourself as a teacher first. So it, it seems like, uh, or I can see how Alt MBA comes into the picture. Um, but how, you know, how does Alt MBA come into the picture? I had at that point been a musician for about th- a full-time professional musician for about 30 years. I'd been a teacher for much of that time as well. And I, I almost felt, feel guilty saying this, but I mean, I have a really good life. I have a really good career. I mean, I, I've made it as a musician playing the music that I love, which is not pop music or it's jazz and blues. And, um, you know, I do sprinkle in some rock and country and, and that sort of stuff in it. But I mean, the music that I truly have played most of my life um, is music that's at the very end, lowest end of the popularity spectrum. And I have I have a thriving teaching practice, uh, despite, you know, all the complaining you hear in guitar teacher chat rooms about YouTube and the internet and apps and all that. Um, I've found that actually all that information has helped, has helped grow my practice rather than taken away or competed with it. And I went into all MBA feeling like I was, I was ready for what's next, but I wasn't sure what, what, what next was. 
And again, I felt kind of guilty because I have this career that's going really well. I've made it a living as a musician and, you know, bought houses and paid for cars and put my kids through college. And, um, you know, for most musicians, that's, that's success. That's make, that's making it. So I, I went into the Alta MBA with the idea that because my, our children were grown and gone, my wife and I were kind of contemplating what we might do uh, as empty nesters. We thought that, well, we still do think that we would like to travel. And so I was trying to come up with a way that I could take what I do in person as a teacher and put it online, you know, and live the digital dream of evergreen income and uh, making, you know, money while I sleep, passive income, the whole nine yards. So everybody here knows that the Alt-MBA is just this crucible that, um, you know, there's too much, you can't get it all done, uh, but we all just really, what I think the Alt-MBA does is it, it reveals to those who think that they are, who know that they are enough, but seek to be more and seek to be better. It reveals that they have not even scratched the surface of their excellence. And it also reveals how powerful it is to work with other people and to be, have the courage to put your ideas out into the world as assertions and the curiosity to listen to what other people have to say and to consider alternative perspectives. So I exited the Alt MBA deciding like, I don't even know if I want to be a musician anymore. I don't necessarily, I certainly don't have, do no, no longer have an interest to launch a, a digital guitar teaching empire. Um, but I don't know what I want to do. I just, so I, I emerged from Alt MBA six with two impulses. I wanted to reconnect more deeply to my lifelong interest in Stoic philosophy. And I wanted to reconnect with my lifelong love of writing. And that's all I knew. So uh, I bought a domain name called the Stoic Guitarist. And I just, I literally, I call it thrashing my way to clarity. I, I just, I wrote, I wrote something every week for two years until I, well, a year and a half before I, I really found my what's next. So that was my experience. And what was that? What, what, it, what was your what's next? So, uh, well, it went through a series of iterations. So the first, uh, the first was that the Stoic Guitarist then became the Stoic Creative, and an ebook grew out of that through my uh, going through another one of Seth's programs, the, the Marketing Seminar, the very first uh, edition of that enterprise. And then it was during the, the fourth session of the marketing seminar, which I was invited back into uh, to, uh, to participate in, that I actually was ready to completely pitch everything I had done up to that point and start on this new idea. And I think about two weeks into TMS4, I was, I decided. I had a light bulb moment and I came up with cre creative on purpose. And I actually shared that 
because so just go back to TMS one in TMS one where the store creative was born, Seth Godin himself warned me that the stoic thing is really not a, a great leveraging point because it's so widely misunderstood, regardless of how popular I might think it, it is. Um, I think actually stoicism is, is vastly misunderstood by people who call themselves stoics. So he, you know, I didn't, I didn't take his advice. Then I, I, decided that I had I just I had this idea that I just wanted to try even though it might not work because for me there was something there that was worth uh, investigating and trying uh, and the book you know definitely sold and it still continues to sell and for some there are many people that really have responded and resonated with that work but I mean in by and large Seth Seth's prediction was right. It certainly was not as successful as it could have been if I had chose some different branding. When I announced Creative on Purpose in TMS4, Seth immediately said, brilliant, this is, you know, this is it. So I had learned my lesson to not ignore Seth's sage advice. <laughs> and I just, so under the, the brand creative on purpose, I have built a blog and a broadcast that has enabled me to continue to refine and clarify my what what's it for, who's it for, and, and the promise that I seek to make. I have been quietly following your work from the stoic guitarist and, and seeing it evolve to creative on purpose. And with creative on purpose, it seems like you're talking to a past self where you're like, Hey, look, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great point uh, because things only make sense in retrospect. Uh, and so if I, when I look back at everything that I've done since, since the seventh grade, and I look at all the most meaningful experiences I've had and the most, uh, impactful experiences I've had the co- and, and the common thread that runs from there through the Alta MBA, through the Stoic Guitarist and all of its iterations to creative on purpose. The common threads are integrity and, and intention wrapped around this idea of creativity of our inherent creative impulse, our desire to make things and share them with others so it's there. It just every every iteration, it became a little bit more clear. You know, it was always it's always clear to to ourselves, right? We we get it. If only the rest of the world could understand what this thing that's in our head, they would fall in love with it just as much as we have. And that's not the case because you can't. I mean, I think that's what the marketing seminar is all about. It's about telling true stories in a way that will connect to people that need to hear them. And it's taken, it took me a year and a half uh, to get to the point where I was, and I would say it's, it's still in need of some serious refining and tweaking um, and improvement. But it, 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 that's, that's, that's the journey, right? That, I mean, there is, there is no end <laughs> to, to this kind of work. I mean, if you're engaged in any kind of work that matters, if any kind of work that seeks to make a difference, it never ends because you, 
the, the, the saying from Heraclitus that you can't step in the same river twice. You know, we are not the same person now that we were yesterday and nor are we going to be the same person tomorrow and we will find ourselves in different situations and circumstances surrounded by different people there will be certain different socioeconomic political cultural forces uh, you know that that are impacting our, our posture and our mindset so you know you just you, you wake up every morning uh, grateful for the the moment that you've been given and you sit down uh, lace, or Stephen Pressfield says, you know, lace up your boots and get to work. Wait for the muse. <laughs> the muse, the muse, the muse comes to those to those that are sitting still doing the work. Uh, so, and you know, so she knows where she can find you. <laughs> I love that. So to close, I have one question that I ask everyone that I talk to. Um, it's a fill in the blank. One of the goals of the show is to help Alt-MBA alumni connect. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. I would simply say reach out if you feel compelled to reach out. I don't... I'm a person that has I'm very wary of people that are certain and competent. Again, those are tools of the status quo. You can only be certain and competent about things that um, can be mastered, things that are that already are. And if we're going to make ourselves better people and make the world a better place, what we need to do is embrace curiosity and courage. And sometimes that means that we're acting on instinct and intuition and not cold, hard facts and, and the promise of fame and fortune or, or other riches. And so I basically have, I have an open door policy for my all MBA brothers and sisters. If somebody reaches out and says, could we connect for a Zoom? I can promise, you know, 15 to 20 minutes at some point in the near future. And I will do that without, uh, there doesn't have to be any good reason for doing that. I've never been disappointed by the time that I've spent with people in the Alt-MBA. One of the reasons that I'll I'll share um, probably my deepest motivation for joining the Alt-MBA or enrolling or applying rather. I live in a very small town full of extraordinarily good people, generous, kind, responsible, respectful, hardworking. But I never, but I was unable to have some the, the kinds of conversations that I really wanted to have with the folks that are my friends and neighbors here the kind of conversations where we are talking about stuff like leveling up and leaning in and flying higher and trying things that might not work and embracing failure. Those are just not the kind of conversations that happen every day uh, at the coffee shop or, or at the diner. So I really, 
I saw in Alta MBA an opportunity to find people like me who wanted to ask the harder questions and do the harder work and, um, you know, who felt that they were not only enough, but probably more than enough, but still they had promise and potential that was unfulfilled and unrealized and they just could not abide by that. And so, uh, I find in every conversation, whether it's with a friend or acquaintance from Alt MBA six or somebody that just graduated from the most recent program, I've never been disappointed. Uh, and I've always been really invigorated by a conversation that I've had with any, any Alt MBA alumni I ever come across. So, um, so reach out if you want to reach out. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat and how you show up in this community. You you definitely are a teacher first. Oh, well, I deeply appreciate your kind words and encouragement, Covington. I also feel it's really important for me to acknowledge that you have been a real leader inside the community. You reached out and helped me with some website stuff early on without, um, you know, I don't think at that point we had had any contact. So, you know, that, that just spoke immediately to your level of generosity and initiative. And this project that you're building here is extremely generous, uh, not only to the community of all MBA alumni, but, you know, to the world beyond it, it really speaks to, you know, a common motivation. I see it in a lot of us, which is the idea that we can enhance our own lives by enhancing the lives of others. So you're doing fantastic work here and it's been a great honor and uh, a privilege to participate in this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Scott.